Welcome back to another K-Dog and Fish podcast, episode 39. We are talking Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Air, the story of Michael Jordan and Nike. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. White Man Can't Jump reboot. Let's go. So, went to see Guardians of the Galaxy, volume 3. Heads up, this is your spoiler warning. We waited until it was in theaters for two weekends before we did the show, before mm-hmm. we did the review, so we didn't spoil it right away. But you've had ample opportunity. Yeah. So basically, let's just start right off with a bit of the premise where the where the Guardians kind of left off and, and come in with this volume three. Break it down. They're on planet nowhere. Nowhere. And Peter Quill is... Gotcha. He is drunk. Mm-hmm. They're they're carrying him out of the bar. Yeah, that's uh, that's my kind of Peter Quill. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Adam Warlock, who they teased was going to be in like a post credit scene, was going to be in in Guardians Three. Mm-hmm. So Adam Warlock is sent to retrieve Rocket for the High Evolutionary. By mm-hmm. the way, that actor, amazing, uh, did with James Gunn, uh, Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. He he was the leader of. The Peacemaker's unit, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be one of the bugs. Mm. I love that actor. I actually didn't recognize him right away yeah. because of the CGI and the prosthetics and the makeup yeah. playing the high evolutionary. But anyway, Rocket was his experiment. Mm-hmm. Rocket was the only one that worked, right. that had actual intelligent thought, mm-hmm. and he wanted to figure out how to make his new society yeah. work. So right. he, he wanted to get rocket back it was his property Mm -hmm. and rocket had escaped right so they send adam warlock to go retrieve him Mm. anyway that didn't work out too well because guardians put a stop to that Mm. but basically though he got injured in the process Mm -hmm. and they couldn't save him without getting a passcode for a kill switch in order to repair and save rocket so they're just the whole time they're trying to get this Code and fight off the high evolutionary from stealing Rocket back as well. Right. That's basically the whole plot. And they get into some shenanigans along the way. Yeah. They have to travel to his planet. Yeah. The one, I will say this about Guardians 3, the humor was more on point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you found it as funny as I did, but it's better than I feel it was forced in number two. I agree. I agree. It was definitely, the humor flowed better. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely weren't jamming it down your throat like Love and Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, yeah. that was that was our big problem with mm-hmm. Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. whereas Ragnarok's jokes were fire. Yeah. And they were perfectly timed and perfectly executed. Yeah. And it feel it felt like in Love and Thunder they just they tried too hard to replicate that secret sauce and it didn't work. Well, here in Guardians 2 missed the mark with that as well Mm -hmm. and i feel like they made up for it with number three the jokes were on point Mm -hmm. it was a lot of funny moments i really enjoyed the part where uh mantis made this guard think that he was in love with drax Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great humor uh but also a lot of emotion right because when you're dealing with all the stuff that happened to rocket yeah and and you get this great backstory that he had these friends and all these other experimented animals and they were just wiped out yeah in front of him yeah and his whole escape i mean it was absolutely like i i felt a great mix of action comedy and emotion it was dark. It, it got a little dark. It got a little dark. Yeah. You know? And I did Oof. like the yeah. fact, uh, I don't know if anyone caught this, but the voice of the otter, mm-hmm. Lila, was voiced by Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. And she actually is in the MCU. She plays Hawkeye's wife. Right. So I thought that was a nice 
tie-in mm-hmm. uh, in the Marvel family. And digging a little deeper, I did not know this, mm-hmm. but James Gunn knew Linda Cardellini from mm-hmm. the Scooby-Doo live-action films in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. She played Velma, and he wrote the screenplays. I did not know James Gunn wrote Scooby-Doo. First of all, Scooby-Doo live-action? Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. The first one. Yeah, yeah. that's true. First not, one. Not Scooby-Doo 2. All right, we won't go down, th- we won't go down there. <laughs> no. But, you know, first uh, Scooby-Doo? I'm in. Pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I love the castle's great. Yeah, they're bang on. But I didn't know that James Gunn wrote the Scooby Doo live action film. So well, the, there you go. The more you know. Yeah. As much as I loved some of the writing and the and the performances in this third volume of Guardians, yeah. there were things that did not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Counter Earth. So he's trying to get this utopian society. Right. This is clearly futuristic technology. He's turning right rabbits and boars and and other animals into people wearing clothes and having jobs yeah but they're driving like 1960s vehicles with gas like yeah the homes were all dated it was like 60s 70s leave it to beaver yeah yeah that didn't make and they all had jobs what yeah and and, no it just it didn't like didn't make any sense no and they all spoke uh, obviously a different language yeah uh I just, they're all creepy too. They were a bit. They're a bit creepy. A bit creepy. They're a bit creepy. Yeah, you know. Now aboard the high evolutionary ship, mm-hmm. things got more interesting. Right. So there was a great scene where I I don't know about you, but like when Groot, I knew what they were doing. Like obviously, the Groot was going to sneak in the weapons. Uh, but so that whole scene with Quill and Groot, mm-hmm. uh, that got the ball rolling. Right. I what I think i didn't like as much was that everyone was coming to rescue the other person and other people were already off and then had to come back like i think they got the escape plan got very convoluted gotcha to me that i I didn't like that as much i Mm -hmm. wish that they had all kind of met up their separate way solved the problem and then escaped not we have to go back and we have to do this and we have to and there was releasing all the, the children and the animals. Also, uh, an emotional mm-hmm. part of the, the movie when he finds that cage full of the baby raccoons. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, finally, because throughout the entire trilogy, he said, I'm not a raccoon. Mm-hmm. People call him trash panda. Right. They call him squirrel. They call him all sorts of things. So he admits, I'm a raccoon. Yeah, gotcha. and that was a great scene. There's yeah. a lot of great redemption. There's a lot of great uh, emotion. There's great comedy. And the action. So there's mm-hmm. that one scene on uh, the high evolutionary ship where it's a one cut. Uh, that sequence made it for me as far as as uh, action. Right. But then there's some other plot holes. Yeah. So the entire trilogy, Peter Quill has his space helmet. Right. Uh, he just activates it. He's mm-hmm. also got his rocket boots, all yep. that. So the entire time that this movie was being promoted... Everyone's thinking this is the last of this trilogy. Uh, these characters are going to go their separate ways. Yeah. Is one of them going to die? That was a big talk. So yeah. the biggest thing was that, okay, with Rocket being so injured, mm. are they able to save him? Maybe and showing so much of his backstory and his right. character arc, maybe it was him that was going to die. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, oh, that's too easy. And then the end with Peter Quill stuck out in space going back for his... Uh, is music device. Right. What bothered me the most about that, and I was thinking it mid-scene when I should be entrenched in the emotion of this possible death of the main character. Right. Why does he have a space mask? 
or his rocket boots. He probably Those left. are two things he's had the entire trilogy. He probably left it in the bar at the beginning. Uh, he probably got too hammered and he yeah. left his helmet. Yeah, everybody does it. You put your phone down. Yeah, yeah. or leave it in the cab. You don't realize yeah. it. That happens all the time. It happens. You know? So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. He didn't die. Adam Warlock saved him and then yeah. it was all good. And then they're all buddies and hugging and having a good time. So that also bothered me a bit about Adam Warlock because mm -hmm. you're supposed to be this extremely powerful being. And you're yeah. basically just like, I just want to be a part of your family, your your group here. Well, he's a little bit of an outcast. He doesn't have a lot of friends at school. You know, he just wants to hang out. He thinks they're kind of cool to hang out with. We should say that that actor, Will Poulter, yeah. is amazing. Oh, yeah. He's the best. Uh, yeah. In We're the Millers. Oh, it's, it's his Casablanca. He is. It's so good. Like, <laughs> yeah. he stole the whole movie. Yeah. 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 I love that actor. He got a little jacked for this role. Yeah. Uh, he had it. He had it going on. I was actually into it. Yeah, you didn't think they wrote his character very well. You I don't. They know. promoted it, but didn't write it in very well. You know, he kept just coming in and out, coming in and out. At the end mm. of the day, yes, he saves Peter, mm. but I just didn't. I didn't. I think they they did him dirty. I think yeah. they could have done Adam Warlock better mm. and just not great. Yeah, I didn't dive into it that much. I thought it was okay. I think they could have done better with his character. Mm. My favorite, my favorite new character is the High Evolutionary. I thought he was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was a great villain. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, induce a lot of fear. The yeah. name, yeah, the character is creepiest. That's what I mean. Like he was a great villain. Yeah, you know. So I really like that. And Groot kind of redeemed himself to me because I was kind of done with Groot. Yeah, I had, I had Groot overkill. Like it was just too much Groot. Yeah, you know. And now I'm just like. Except at the end when he when he talked. So we got to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, I didn't see it. So, like, Baby Groot was cute. They did it for marketing purposes. Yeah. And then in Infinity War, he's, like, moody teenage Groot. Mm -hmm. That also annoyed me. Mm -hmm. But this Groot was, like, I even think this Groot was better than Groot in number, in the first movie. Mm -hmm. This Groot redeemed yeah, for me. Mm -hmm. I did like the fact nobody can understand what he is saying right and but everyone who's in his life can the new gamora kept saying he's just saying the same words and yeah. like we are hearing it and finally she does hear him at mm. the end right and then finally in the last scene we get to hear him right but he's mouthing and it looks like i i am Groot. right to me i get it yeah i get what gun was doing with yeah it, right yeah i saw the interview how he explained it like years and years and years ago that people understand groot if you connect with him. if you, yeah you know? which totally makes sense sure yeah they redeemed themselves after uh, after love and thunder and ant-man quantumania yeah. they redeemed themselves yeah. you know you know could have so, done without the dance party <laughs> you know don't think we really needed that no but, you know whatever yeah. it's all good it's all good. Not, i didn't like the, i didn't like the soundtrack as much either oh yeah it was okay interesting but i don't know you know because that's, that's what the guardians pride themselves on yeah is the soundtrack yeah it's okay all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go with okay there's also two post-credit scenes so we see peter go back to hang out with his uh grandpa mm -hmm. and also uh rocket leading a new form of the guardians on a mission so that right. was really cool we'll see if that plays out to be a tv series or another guardians film mm -hmm. and drax but, is going to go adopt 50 kids yeah and <laughs> mantis is going off to do her thing and yeah. nebula is going to go rebuild nowhere nowhere yeah. so yeah i mean whatever there you yeah. go it's all good i think they concluded it well with mm -hmm. these guardians well it'll be interesting to see what they do but as an overall review 
what would you give this movie? What do you, you like about it? Like, like for me personally, I honestly am not. I haven't been a huge Guardians fan since the first one. Okay. Now again, that's only two. Two. And two three. wasn't. Two wasn't great. Me, yeah. Three. I'm still not. I wasn't. I didn't thoroughly enjoy it. Okay. I'll watch it once. I'm good. Okay. So I'll give it like a six point five. Okay. That's just my own opinion. You know. Out of ten. Out of ten. Okay. I, I checked it out. It was okay. I'm not gonna watch it again. Okay. You know. It's no. Fair. It's no End Game. Yeah, you it's know? one of those like it's no Ragnarok. It's you can't compare it to those at all. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like this is better than the top half or lower half of MCU films. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I base it on like, am I gonna watch it again and blah blah blah? Not really. Yeah. No, maybe I give it maybe uh, maybe ease it up to a seven. I could you know? I could do I think I would do it as seven seven and a half. Mm. I I felt the emotion and mm. the comedy mixed well. And mm. there are some plot holes. There were things that I didn't like. Mm. But overall, I actually laughed and I actually had tears in my eyes. And mm. for a movie to actually make me do that and not just sit there and analyze it as a film fan. Yeah. That to me was like, okay, you deserve at least some some praise here. It's a little too emotional. Too emotional. Too emotional. I mean, I cried more in Love and Thunder than I did in this one. But that's for completely different reasons. <laughs> That was that was because you was painful, painful to watch. Uncle Vinny here for Sazerac Italian whiskey. So smooth it goes down easier than a bored housewife after giving her a fur coat you found off the back of a truck. Cut. What? What did I say? Anyways, best wishes from Vinny Fishes. Salut. On this show, we both just saw the movie Air, directed by Ben Affleck, starring him and Matt Damon, about Michael Jordan uh, getting signed by Nike. Mm-hmm. So we're going to break that down for you, give it a full review. What did you think of the movie Air? Anyone that follows our channel knows what we're about, knows yeah. I'm I'm all about Jordan. You collect Jordan 3s. All about Jordan Air Jordans, yeah, Jordan threes. Yeah. Got an eleven, but I'm all about Jordan threes. Yeah. So uh, this was right up my alley. I also love the story mm-hmm. of the Air Jordan ones and how it progressed through to the Air Jordan. Like I, I love the story of Air Jordans. This was you really know. interesting. If you don't know much about you know basketball in 1984, mm-hmm. uh, the draft and and where Nike's position was. Right. This is super interesting stuff. Yeah. Like just from a history perspective of, of right. basketball and shoes because it isn't like it is today where right. everybody has their own shoe right back then it was converse was number one mm-hmm. and they had larry bird and, and magic johnson and everybody we're talking Isaiah, about bernard king everybody. 1984 yeah. at the at this point in the movie yeah and uh it was uh, adidas mm-hmm. which was actually more of a less about basketball and more about a pop culture brand mm-hmm. and they were huge in communities because yeah. they were run dmc did the adidas song yeah they were very huge in pop culture mm-hmm. at the time and nike was third uh, yeah nike was a massive company but they were known for jogging like running shoes, shoes and track shoes they yeah. were not nobody was wearing nikes they didn't even have basketball shoes no they were nobody was wearing nikes they were so. their major uh like athletes endorsements were all decathlon related mm. track and field related they, right. they were not known for basketball right and 
one of the VPs played by Jason Bateman, who yeah. we, the, the whole cast is amazing, yeah. by the way. So you have uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck is playing Phil Knight. Mm -hmm. He also directs the film. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Jason Bateman is playing Strasser, one yeah. of the VPs of marketing. Yeah, Matt Damon is playing Sonny Vaccaro. Yeah. yeah. And so he is like, okay, we're going to take our budget and we're mm -hmm. going to split it across a few different players. Mm -hmm. And they, because Converse and, and Adidas will get all the top players, right. they're looking into the draft, like who can they get? for this little bit amount of money right. and try and get three middle range draft picks. Right. And that draft was crazy, by the way. Oh yeah. There was a lot of insane, uh, legendary hall of fame players yeah. in that draft, including John Stockton, Charles Barkley, Kevin Willis. Yeah. Uh, and then first overall was Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm -hmm. And famously, yeah. the Port and Trailblazers screwed up big time. Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie is second overall, leaving the Bulls mm. uh, to be able to grab Michael Jordan. Right. And that was what the one thing that I found that was kind of weird in this in the movie was that I remember when Jordan came out of North Carolina into the draft, yeah. the reason he went third is because it was a big man's game. Yeah. Right. They wanted centers. Bowie was over seven feet. Halajawan was number one. He was over seven Akeem feet. Akeem the dream. So Jordan came out, and I remember it was all about Jordan. No, nobody knowing what Jordan should play. Yeah. Because he's six foot six. So he's six foot six. He's too small to be a forward. He's almost too big to be a point guard. But Jordan yeah. came out like a scoring guard. Yeah. So he was more of a gamble that Chicago took on him. So that's what I was kind of surprised at how. Like, Nike was like, we have to get Jordan. We have to get Jordan, mm -hmm. which was, I mean, it's, it, looking back, it was amazing. But he was a gamble because nobody really knew how he was going to fit into that NBA at that time. Well, that's where yeah. Matt Damon's character came in. Mm. He saw something, yeah. this greatness before it happened. Right. He saw it watching the North Carolina championship game mm. and actually brilliantly described it because you and I know of the game and yeah. seeing clips of the game right that the jordan's winning shot right and the way that sunny's character describes it right is like yeah the coach was like you know you have veterans on this team yeah and you chose to put the ball in his hands yeah. and you chose to give him that responsibility yeah with your your game on the line. Right. And he didn't hesitate. And he didn't hesitate. And he was cool as a cucumber. Yeah. And it was just the vision by the scout played by Matt Damon mm -hmm. was like, this is the guy. It's not going to be, mm -hmm. there's no point in going after Hakeem. Yeah. He's locked in with somebody else. Yeah. And he felt that Michael Jordan was the best player in this draft. And ultimately he was a thousand percent correct. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And why don't you tell, because there's the whole point is Michael Jordan didn't want anything to do with Nike. Do you want to talk? No, about that, that is actually a true story. Yeah. And even he touches on it in the last dance documentary. Mm -hmm. He didn't want Nike. Yeah. He wanted Adidas. He wanted to sign with Adidas. He liked Adidas. He liked Adidas tracksuits. He wanted to be, he wanted to go to Adidas. Yeah. He had no desire to be with Nike. So even in, you know, the movie where they don't show Michael, which is so smart not to I do that. I thought that was smart. So yeah. smart not to do that because he's too iconic. Yeah. No one can play him. So, but you were, by showing his back, showing him walking around, they really, he was so disinterested in the meetings. Yeah. And he, he said that. And they talked about it in another documentary called Unbanned, mm -hmm. which is a story of, of Air Jordan 1s. You should check it out. 
I saw it on HBO. I'm not sure where you're going to see it. But it's a 90-minute documentary all about the Air Jordan 1s. And they talk about how Jordan had no interest to be with Nike. But they won him over with the prototype. It was a different-looking shoe. It yeah. was his shoe. They did great. But they had to win over the family. And once they won over the family, that kind of won. Well, I shouldn't say that won over Jordan. I think Jordan was... It was the design. Jordan, Jordan right. was turned on by the design. The design yeah. was like different. He liked that. He liked that the brand was going to be built around him. Yeah. Because even Converse had their shoes. And they made them unique to the players being like Magic was like gold and purple. Yeah. And Larry Bird's was obviously Kelly Green, Green and, and White. And Bernard King was the Washington Bullet Colors. Or Washington Wizards now. But back then it was the Bullets. It was the Bullets, yeah. But... But it wasn't really unique to their their them individually. It was more the team colors. Yeah, I think that's what turned Jordan onto it. But and yeah. they specifically designed a logo. It, it then morphed into the Jumpman logo. Yeah. But the original logo was completely designed with him in mind, and yeah. then making it the Bulls colors. Mm. And it was the high top. Yeah, and just a completely different. Yeah, shoe. Yeah, and, and the a designer shoe, Peter Moore. Peter Moore. And the shoe wasn't allowed in the NBA, which is crazy because shoes in the NBA had to be 51% white. Yeah. Uh, that was the deal. That it had to, that's the way it had to be. And even when they came out with it, Jordan wanted it red and black. Yeah. You know, but originally it was red, black, and white because that's the Bulls' colors. He wanted it red and black. So, but there was a lot of debate of how often he actually wore the shoes mm -hmm. during the regular season. Um, and how many times they actually did get fined because yeah. even in the movie you saw that Nike agreed to pay the fines because they yeah. were going to fine Jordan $5,000 I think every time he wore the shoes yeah. but it is debated how many times he actually wore the shoes during the regular season but regardless it doesn't matter the other thing debated in the film that I thought was interesting was who came up with the name Air Jordan Yeah. so they, they did it very politically correct because yeah. it is a historical debate who yeah. actually came up with it so was it the designer yeah. or was it Jordan's agent? Jordan's agent. It, it's David Falk. It, it, David Falk did it? it? David Falk did it. Yeah. David that was Falk. Jordan's agent. That was Jordan's time. agent. Yeah. yeah. David Falk. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Interesting. He did. He did. So. Other than seeing uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon on screen again together. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. Yeah. But having uh, Viola Davis play Jordan's yeah. mom. Right. That was insanely... If you, if you knew... Who Jordan's mom was like yeah. and her look and her demeanor and her attitude. Yeah. That was perfect casting. Yeah. And you should uh, you should Google the Ben Affleck interviews where he talked about Viola Davis. Yeah. Because he had to approach Michael Jordan and talk about the movie. He, they weren't going to do the movie unless Jordan signed off on it. Yeah. So they went to, uh, not them, just Ben Affleck ben went Affleck. to Jordan, pitched the movie. It's like, who do you want to play his mother? And it was like Viola Davis. And Matt, and sorry, and, and uh, Ben Affleck was like, okay. And they're like, who else? He's like, Viola Davis. That's it. There was nothing else. So then uh, he talks about how he called Matt Damon afterwards. Yeah. And he said, how did the meeting go with Michael? And he said, it went really good. Uh, he loves the idea. He's like, what? Was there anything wrong? He's like, one bad thing. We got to get Viola Davis to play his mother. Only Viola That's Davis. That's it. That's it. So yeah, it's it was it was it's a but pretty, she was perfect. Yeah, she was perfect. She was perfect. And yeah. fun fact: the guy who plays Michael Jordan's dad. Is actually Viola Davis's husband. Oh, I didn't real, know that in real life. Oh, cool, cool. Fun facts. Yeah. One thing though, mm. if you want to get into the story of of Air Jordan, the Air Jordan brand, yeah. One thing that's kind of funny is that you see this movie, you see the progression of the Air Jordan ones, and they get launched, which is great. But what you don't realize is that after that, they came out with the Air Jordan twos, which flopped. Yeah. They were horrible. They were ugly. They were they were just they didn't go over well. 
They were designed as a high-end sneaker. They were made in Italy, so the cost was Ooh. insane, yeah. right? They bombed huge. This was a part where Jordan was pissed, mm-hmm. right? And he was going to leave Nike. And the, none of this is in the none movie. None of this is in the yeah, movie. Yeah. This is just a funny side story yeah. that he was going to leave Nike. At the, like It was probably 87-ish. He was going to leave. Uh, and Rob uh, Strasser yeah. and Peter Moore had left Nike, and those were obviously the guys who built the Jordan, part of the Jordan brand. They were, they were in the movie. Yeah. The, the head designer and Strasser was played by Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah. They actually left Nike and started their own company, which was a consulting company called Sports Incorporated, and they yeah. were dabbling into, they were going to get into, into the sports line, and they were going to create a line just for Jordan. Yeah. And they were trying to win Jordan over and steal Jordan from Nike, and they almost did it. Except Phil Knight brought in Tinker Hatfield. Yeah. And Tinker Hatfield designed the famous retro threes, which are my favorite Your Jordans. favorites. And that with the elephant print on the side and everything else, which he wore in the 1988 dunk contest when he jumped yeah. from the free throw line and all that kind of stuff. And that launched the Airman it, logo. The, the, well, the Jumpman, the logo, jump, was already, Jumpman logo was already there. But it wasn't on, on the ones or twos. It came on the, thir- on, on the retro threes. And then that also launched the whole line because the elephant print, they did an entire clothing line around it. But Tinker Hatfield is basically the guy who saved Nike. See, then none of that's in the movie. None of that's in the movie because yeah. that, was, that was Retro 3, that's so that was so cool. years later. But he actually saved the movie. So if you also want to watch something else, first of all, watch the unbanned documentary about the Air Jordan 1s. And then go on Netflix because you, you know you got a Netflix account. And <laughs> sign in to Abstract which is uh, basically a, a Netflix series about the art of design. And they have a, a, a serial, like not series, but an episode on Tinker Hatfield. Nice. Where they talk about Tinker Hatfield and his connection with Jordan and everything else. But he literally saved. If it wasn't for Tinker yeah. Hatfield, Jordan was gone. Like he was leaving. The, Anyways, a little, really, little fun fact. Yeah, but the really cool thing about that too yeah. is that Michael Jordan was golfing yeah. with those two guys. Yeah. When Tinker Strasser. was coming, Tinker was flying into town to see him. Yeah. Uh, and he was out and he was golfing with Strasser and Peter Moore and they yeah. were trying to woo him away. And Peter yeah. Moore stole, like took all of his threes, yeah. his designs yeah. when he left. Right. So they were trying to use that to woo Jordan. It's a, mm-hmm. that's a really interesting after story. It's that an after, it's a great after story. Discuss yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And as history has shown us that obviously Tinker saved it yeah. and him and Phil Knight and Jordan is still with, Nike to this day, and they yeah. even showed it at the end of the movie that he still makes four hundred million dollars a year in mm. passive income yep. from this original deal uh, that he was going to get. He was going to get for life a cut of everything with his name on it sold. Yeah. Yep. So every year he makes four hundred million dollars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From Jumpman and Jordan, and that's completely products. true. His mother is the one who brokered that deal. Yeah. That's completely true. Dolores Jordan brokered that deal. It's crazy. I I love that they touched on a lot of things, I, even briefly about things that were to come, like mm. Jordan's father being killed mm. and other things through newspaper clippings. Like the mm. movie did do the story justice. And at the end of the day, I think Matt Damon had an amazing performance. Mm. No, there was I, a couple. There's a couple things they got really enjoyed. It. They 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 took some liberties at. Okay, but nothing nothing crazy. Nothing nothing that was the the majority of it was factually correct. And the funny thing is with movies like that, you know that this happens yeah. and that they nail it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're invested like, oh, I hope they nail this meeting. Yeah. But in real life, yeah. like, you know that they did. Yeah. But it still builds. And I think that's your great storytelling yeah. 
a great script and really good direction by yeah. Ben Affleck. Hi, it's me, k Do you have spare time and easily get frustrated with an activity? Forget about golf. Try Lego. Hours and hours of frustration and joy all built into one activity. Denmark finally got something right with these little plastic bricks from hell. We just watched the brand new trailer for the new Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning. This mm -hmm. is part one. Right. It's in theaters July 12th. Uh, the trailer was awesome. Uh, we're going to break it down for you, what we feel about the movie. There'll be another uh, part two, I believe, next summer. It's going to go back, back to back summers mm -hmm. to then end the Ethan Hunt Mission Impossible uh, film saga. Yep, that's it. And they, they just keep getting better and better, by the oh, way. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Like, because three we've talked about before, the one mm. that J.J. Abrams did, mm. it, it really kind of tanked. Yeah. But then Tom waited a couple of years, and he brought in Brad Bird, who actually directed anime. I think yeah. he did. The Incredibles. Uh, Incredibles. The Incredibles. That movie, like four, number yeah. four, just like blew up. It yeah, was, it was four Ghost Protocol. Four was huge. I yeah. believe it was. I think, I think it was Ghost four Protocol. Was Ghost, yeah, Ghost yeah. Protocol. Yeah. And that just revitalized the. You, it could have just ended with the trilogy, right? Since the third one was so bad, right? But the four, five, six, and now this is seven, mm -hmm. and this will be split into two parts. They just, to me, these get increasingly, yeah, awesome, yeah. Uh, what did you like about the trailer for Dead Reckoning? Well, it's Mission Impossible. Yeah, I'm a huge Mission Impossible fan. The cruise man can't go wrong. He can do. He can do anything now. He can. He, he literally can do. He anything. can walk into Paramount, and you notice in the in the trailer that yeah. it's a Paramount. It's movie. It's Paramount movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is obviously one of the largest grossing movies ever in their history because he yeah. he did uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. And it crossed over a billion uh, with with Paramount. Right. So basically, yeah, Tom can walk in. It, it could be now. This is Mission Impossible, right. but he could literally just walk into Paramount, yeah. and say, "I want to do, yeah, blank." They will green light anything, make it into a movie. Anything he, he wants to do, cocktail the musical, done. <laughs> Does it with puppets? You know, done. But done. I got a tagline. You know, eh? cocktail two. <laughs> when you booze, you lose. Yeah. And they'd be like, done, hundred old, hundred million. There it's you the go. Budget. There you go. Anyway, this trailer, yes, Paramount's doing it. Skydance. Uh, yeah. It's Christopher McQuarrie mm -hmm. is directing it. He directed the last two mm -hmm. Mission Impossible movies. And he wrote Maverick. And he wrote. He was one of the writers on Maverick. But he's an amazing screenwriter. Mm. I've mentioned his name before in podcasts and stuff. He actually won the best original screenplay on his first ever major screenplay, which is The Usual Suspects. Mm -hmm. And he is an insanely good writer. And ever since Jack Reacher, mm -hmm. and I believe he wrote Valkyrie, okay. him and Tom have been super buddy-buddy and working together quite a bit, whether Christopher McQuarrie is writing and directing like one or the other. Yeah. Uh, so he's directing this one. I, I like Jack Reacher. Yeah, Reacher is a big good fan too. of Jack Reacher. Yeah. Valkyrie, yeah. Valkyrie, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Uh, so Christopher McQuarrie is directing it. Uh, this Again, the trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Tom running. Lots of running. You got Tom jumping. All those stunts. In the, like, <laughs> when he drives the motorcycle and just stops at the end of the cliff, you yeah. know what? That was really him. Yeah. They have to put something on the other side of that cliff to catch him. They do not. They have to. No. Like, so, and no helmet. They have oh, no helmet. Classic Tom. That's Cruise. classic Tom Cruise. Like in, even in Top Gun Maverick. No helmet. No helmet. No helmet. No life jacket. Yeah. Nothing. 
And we can also see some new characters, yeah. uh, including, I was super excited by seeing this in the trailer, yeah. Haley Atwell, who mm-hmm. plays Agent Carter mm-hmm. in Marvel, yeah. uh, in the MCU. Uh, I was like, oh, it's like so nice to see her mm-hmm. in something that is not Marvel related. Yeah. So it's awesome that she's getting in here. We mm-hmm. also saw... Uh, she's in the Fast and the Furious movies. Vanessa Kirby. Yes, they, she's a blonde. She's awesome. She's she was she was in the last Hobbs Mission Impossible, and, too, and right? she was in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I really like the villain that they chose. Yeah, Issei Morales from Ozark. Yeah, yeah. he was the uh, drug kingpin uh, in uh, Ozark. I'm pretty excited. about And that. he's like a really he's a underrated actor. Yeah, yeah. I think he's very dark. He plays a great villain, obviously, because yeah. he was the villain in Ozark too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. I'm actually excited to have him as the villain in this one. Yeah, and we got Simon Pegg back. Yeah, yeah. and the, the Ring Ving Rhames, the Ving Man, the Ving Man. So Ving Rhames, if you're young, uh, you may not know Ving Rhames from anything else other than Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. he's been in. He's actually the only one who's been in all of them. Simon yeah. Pegg wasn't in. Yeah. the originals. Right. So yeah, he uh, came in number four. Came in number four. Mm-hmm. So Ving Rhames has been since OG. Him and Tom are the only two that've been yeah. in every single Mission Impossible movie. I love Ving Man, but he's not doing anything else now. But where did he become yeah. famous for people that don't know who Ving Rhames is other than Mission Impossible? Well, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. yeah. So that was yeah. like Ving Rhames kind of really came in the uh, mid-90s with mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. Right. He's, of course, back. You can't have a Mission Impossible without having Ving Rhames in mm-hmm. it, even though he's gets exceedingly older and out of shape. Yeah, he's like, I don't, he doesn't do anything else. He's like, I'm just doing Mission Impossible. He's the guy in the van, right? Yeah, he's just, like, he's, he's just in the van. Yeah. He has a good time. You know, he's like, whatever. Uh, they give him a million bucks. He films it. It's great. He goes to craft services, has pizza. Yeah. It's all good, you know? Got a so, couple of bagels. Yeah, he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Ving is awesome. So it's good to see Ving, uh, Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, some other new additions other than Haley Atwell. I recognize Palm, French actress who actually plays Mantis in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Just saw in Guardians 3. Right. Unrecognizable as not being Mantis. Like, right. I... I only know her as Mantis. Gotcha. And I was like, who is that? And then sure enough, IMDb, I'm Mm. like, that's Mantis. So it's cool seeing her not in her Guardians getup. Yeah. And we got some two Marvel figures, Mm. uh, MCU figures in this film. Yep. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. However, the scene in the trailer with her and the katana. Yeah. What did that remind you of? In the bar, the all the neon, the the nightclub. It was a lot of John Wick. It felt John Wick. Very John Wickish, yeah. Especially that scene where it was like an outdoor like dance party. Yeah. Which is the scene in John Wick 2 when he was going to fulfill his marker. Yeah. In John Wick 2, that's what he was doing to fulfill his marker. He was at an outdoor in Rome. Yeah. Uh, he was at an outdoor um, dance nightclub. party nightclub. Yeah. So it felt very John Wickish. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like, I want this to be Ethan Hunt. Mm-hmm. I want it to be Tom Cruise is, is killer. Yeah. But yeah. the biggest thing you can expect car chases. Yeah. Which we saw a bit in this trailer. As well as Tom doing his own stunts. Right. Now, I don't know if you remember that story. I can't. I think it was Rogue Nation when he jumped out of that building and broke his ankle. Yeah, he was going building the building and broke his ankle. And yeah. he was legit doing the jumping. They used that scene yeah. in the film. And he actually had to jump, land, mm-hmm. and then continue that run yeah. in that one shot. And he did it on a broken ankle. Right. Then they had to suspend filming for six weeks. Like, he is a... Madman. He's a machine. Machine. So the the scene where he's actually driving a motorcycle in the in the new trailer 
off of a clip, parachute strapped to his back. Yeah. You know that that is him. Right. So the fact that the studio lets Tom Cruise get away with this stuff consistently, like he does it all the time to the point where is the odds may not be in your favor every single time you do one of these crazy stunts. Uh, I'm just saying the shoot may not open. <laughs> I want to meet the dude that owns the insurance company that signs off on this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that so, seems all right. What are you doing today on this movie, Tom? Well, I'm going to take a motorcycle. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna no go helmet. Ho- no helmet. I'm going to slap a parachute on. <laughs> I'm going to go about... Uh, I'm going to be in the Amazon. Yeah. I'm going to go about 110 miles an hour, and then I'm going to launch off the cliff, Drop and then the I'm going to propel my body forward, Yeah. and then I am going to... At some moment. ...basically skydive... For about 450 feet and pull the just before I land in the water. And I'm gonna pull the cord. And I'm gonna drop on a fishing boat. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well. My I, favorite part in that it trailer. Sounds, it sounds like you have it planned out, so I can't argue with my that. My favorite part of that trailer, though, yeah. was yeah. the fact that they didn't show the chute opening. Yeah. He goes yeah. off the cliff, yeah. bike drops, he's out like this. Yeah. And then you expect, okay, he's the chute's gonna open. Yeah. No, they cut it. Yeah. So you're like, Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> when he, is he gonna pull oh, that wow. shoot? Yeah. yeah, he is doing press for the movie, so I think he made it. He made it. He or made it. he made it. Tom Cruise is a robot. Yeah. Well, that's also possible yeah. because I'm gonna look at you right now in the face and tell yeah. you that the man that you've seen in yeah. the trailer yeah. is 60 years old. Right. Six zero. Yeah. Sixty. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. He's just living in his mansion, and he's got a little like a workshop in his basement, like Tony Stark. <laughs> And instead of like the wall of armor with all the suits, it's just Tom Cruise's and he just <laughs> releases his robots and they, they just show up on set yeah, and they're yeah. like, the shoot doesn't open. Yeah. And they, they have to call Tom and they go, oh. We need you to send another robot. Yeah. Prototype number three didn't know. Uh, I'll send another robot. And, it's like, and just gets up and just. Meanwhile, he's in his underpants. And yeah, he's, he's just sitting there. Fat. Yeah, he's fat. You know, eating KFC, you know, binging send Walking Dead. Send another robot. It's all right. Yeah, you know. It is crazy. The stunts look amazing. Mm. I'm excited. I'm a huge fan of Mission Impossible. Uh, so Dead yeah. Reckoning is going to open in theaters July 12th. Yeah. And then we'll get part two, June 28th. Manana mm-hmm. next year. Actually, manana means tomorrow. Yeah. But right. yeah, I'm not good at Spanish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, June 28th, 2024. I have very high expectations. Mm. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, any I'm in. other final thoughts? No, I'm in. I'm in. You're in. I'm in. All the way in. Of course. He's a badass with a bat. He's a baking-loving zombie. Together, the unlikely pair open a bakery together in the apocalypse. Tune into Undead Bread. The brand new sitcom sweeping the nation. Critics are calling it interesting. And Brian of the Independent says, okay, we're trying this now. Catch Undead Bread this fall on AMC. We just watched the reboot to the 1992 classic, White Man Can't Jump. Mm -hmm. And I got to talk about it. Because I was actually, I'm not a huge fan of reboots. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times it doesn't work. Right. Sometimes they reboot and still include the original, like in Vacation mm-hmm. uh, with Ed Helms. Yeah, usually the storyline's pretty weak. Yeah, you know, and even if they try to emulate it as much as they can, it's usually and make certain changes. Yeah, eh, it usually doesn't work. So yeah. when I heard, and mm-hmm. I am a massive yeah or White Man Can't Jump original film yeah. lover, mm-hmm. like I watch that movie. We we play basketball a lot, mm-hmm. and I would watch that movie. 
And to the point where I burnt out that VHS. Like yeah. I have it now on DVD. I don't think you can get it on Blu-ray. Ah, it's probably available. Uh, yeah. But I watched it so many times to the point where then I would even watch it and just fast forward to the basketball scenes. Yeah. But like I've probably seen that movie at least 40, 50 times. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge fan. So when I heard that Disney Plus through Hulu yeah. is going to do a uh, reboot mm-hmm. of White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. I was very skeptical. In you, fact, more angry, mad. Yeah, yeah. I was angry at the prospect of ruining this yep. uh, movie that I love so much. So I thought, why? I'll, I'll give it a chance. You watched it, mm-hmm. and then said to me, "You know what? You might not hate it as much as you think you will." Wasn't that bad? It was, it was pretty good. So I yeah. did watch it, yeah. and uh, I'm not again not a huge fan of reboots, mm-hmm. but I did end up liking this movie and i it pains me because i wanted to hate it Mm -hmm. i wanted to hate it yeah but they did it justice yeah so the storyline is uh vastly different Mm -hmm. the similar there were similar plot points but Mm -hmm. made it different enough i was also very appreciative that the reboot didn't include the same character names right yeah so sydney dean with Mm -hmm. the wesley snipes character yeah this is now his name was kamal Mm -hmm. and a, a play by an actor I've never seen before, yeah, Sinqua Walls. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, he's he is a professional actor, whereas the guy playing the Woody Harrelson character in this one, yeah, and that character's name was Billy Hoyle. This one is Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't think you get a better white man can't jump name yeah. than Jeremy. It suits. Yeah, uh, was played by rapper. Uh, Jack Harlow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. White rapper Jack Harlow. I thought, I thought he was pretty good too. And he did a good job. Yeah. I will say this. He, and this is his first like acting outside of doing mu- music videos and yeah. like appearances as, as himself and stuff. He didn't do a bad job, but clearly Sinqua Walls is a better actor. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just saying like there were some scenes where Jack Harlow, he was doing great. Obviously he can ball. Yeah. He can play. Yeah. And I bought him in the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, he's not as talented of an actor as uh, Sinqua Walls. Okay. Here's one thing in the plot that bothered me. Okay. And again, I enjoyed it. I was wanting to hate this movie. Mm-hmm. The one plot point was the amount of money at the end of the tournament. Now, the end tournament, mm-hmm. the grand prize was $500,000. Yeah. What inner city two-on-two, three-on-three tournament is going to have a grand prize of half a million dollars? It did seem a little excessive. <laughs> it's, it's a little yeah. high. A little high. It's a little like, high. It's yeah. not even realistic. Like, yeah. what like, kind of sponsors do you have? Like, yeah. yeah. Is this being televised yeah. on prime time? Like, like yeah. Come on. Half yeah. a million. Like, yeah. the funny thing is the tournament before that where they dropped the ball yeah. and really, like, screwed up and yeah. lost the money. The grand prize was $25,000. Yeah. So you go from twenty five k yeah. to five hundred. If you'd said, yeah. oh, this big tournament the grand prize is a hundred thousand yeah. dollars i would have been yeah okay yeah four times fine sure. you went 20 times <laughs> it was just like five hundred thousand dollars was just yeah yeah i thought that was okay stupid. okay okay besides that though besides that i'm glad that the storylines were a bit divergent there was yeah. a lot of stuff about Sinqua wall's character kamal and uh, him having a sort of violent... He, he doesn't take well to 
criticism yeah. and his relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. And you never got that in the original White Man Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never saw anything about Sidney Dean's past as a baller. Mm-hmm. You just took him as a street court player. Yeah. And this was this was a different angle, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. However, the different angle that they took with Jack Harlow's character... That bothered me a little bit that he was a bit more of a con artist and a mm. pill popper. Yeah. And then he was mixing, towards the end, he was mixing alcohol and, and pills. Yeah. And that to me wasn't like, if he's that addicted to that, then he'd be like that the whole time and not gotcha. just choosing when to be sober. Okay. Mm. Like it yeah. was just too, it was too much that he, right. was, he was a, a pill head. Yeah. Um, but regardless of some minor plot holes. I enjoyed their relationship, their chemistry, the there was a, just a difference enough in the plot to make me go this could be its own movie mm-hmm. and more of an homage to the first one than a full-on reboot that's like shot for shot. I thought everybody kind of nailed it, you know. I thought the storyline moved nicely. I didn't really dive into the characters as much as you did. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely liked both guys, I thought they both played. I thought Jack Harlow played pretty good, considering yeah. he's not an actor. This is first yeah. first gig. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like you said, there were little things throughout the movie that were kind of a throwback, like yeah. the, the courts that they played and stuff like that. That like, was crazy. Yeah, like just small, yeah. little, subtle things that nothing. They didn't make it too obvious. Yeah, which was good. Yeah, a so. lot of the outdoor courts were the same courts used in the '92 film because this mm-hmm. all takes place in the same place mm-hmm. in inner city LA. Yeah. It was one specific scene Mm -hmm. where I was like, that's the exact same court. Right. And that was in Watts. And you actually see them both coming down the iconic stairs to that court in the same kind of a shot. And I'm like, that is, as somebody who's seen the movie 400,000 times, the original, I'm like, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. There was other little homages where they're playing at the Venice Beach uh, courts for Mm -hmm. this insanely overpriced (laughs) final tournament. Yeah. And there's a famous guy who uh, has dreads, rollerblades, uh, and plays electric guitar right. with a portable amp. That guy was uh, also featured as just a just. It's just a shot. Like he's not he doesn't yeah. have a role, right? But he's just a famous character that plays Venice Beach all the time. Mm-hmm. And they included a shot of him at Venice Beach in both films. Gotcha. So I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Another very subtle homage. I don't know if you caught this, mm-hmm. but. The Kamal character in the new version, he has a son, and his son, uh, towards the end of the film, is wearing a hat, and it's Wesley Snipes' hat oh. from the original. Yeah, the, yeah, the flipped up, the, yeah, the cycling hat. The brim, yeah. 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 It's, it's not like a ball cap. I did not catch that either. That, <laughs> it just... I was paying attention when I watched this movie, kind of. I mean... <laughs> I don't, that was a cool. I, I actually watch. don't even know what I was doing while I was watching this movie because yeah. you keep saying, "Remember this? Remember, remember this? Remember this? this?" I'm like, "Really? Really? Really?" <laughs> B Money's like, "Did you actually watch this movie?" I'm like, yeah. "I did. I'm positive I did." And the fact that Lance Reddick from the John Wick films played uh, Kamal's dad, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even catch on to that. Is a retired like professional ball pl- uh, basketball player and was his coach and his dad and was like. And died. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, like that was a huge part of the emotion of the film. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, completely over your head. Yeah. It was. It was good without being yeah. a direct remake. Mm. And I think the subtle differences is what helped it make it its own film and not just a we're rebooting mm-hmm. this classic film. Because again, not a huge fan of. 
Yeah, I watch it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. But definitely worth watching. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you are a fan of the original, take a look at some of the homages that we mentioned and showed you here uh, in this review. Mm. And as far as reboots go, again, I'm still on the fence. It has to be done in a fresh way to keep it and kind of make it its own but remind you the original and yeah. not be uh, otherwise reboots can be really tricky i thought they did a pretty good job of the reboot they it's not did. like it's like a reboot of 16 candles and pete davidson's <laughs> playing the molly ringwald character you know <laughs> gender reversal. just completely just That's, you know now, that would be a reboot you'd be like what what, like, are, we that, doing what are we doing here this was like <laughs> it was a reboot but it didn't feel that much like yeah. a reboot so yeah gotta be careful with reboots yeah. and you know what white man can't jump check I, it out i wanted to hate it what are you I gonna give it and i didn't it's it, again there are some plot holes oh. uh I'd still give it, it's watchable, and I'd actually yeah. might watch it again. Yeah. I would probably give it on a scale of one to 10, I'd give it a seven and a half. There you go. It, it was good. It wasn't the best thing ever. I love the original. Yeah. But I do recommend it. It's fun to watch. It's available for free on Disney Plus or yeah. Hulu. Uh, check it out. Uh, we do recommend this one. I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Solid seven. Solid seven. Solid seven. Nice. Thank you so much for listening to the K-Dog and Fish podcast. We can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google, everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Appreciate you guys so much. Until next time, I'm Fish. K-Dog. We'll see you again soon. Peace.